God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I'm joined by Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. Did you see the way I did that? Yes, I did. I saw you, your face react when I did it. I wasn't quite sure where you were going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe ham- you forgot your name. I'm hamming it up. All right. And, uh, well, it's so good to see you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. So uh, we have a lot of different things to go on today. This is going to be a busy show today because you're here. And, and um, you know, uh, Rand Paul blocked the uh, funding to Ukraine. Yeah, well, and, and I think in part that was because he wanted certain language put into it that um, wasn't put in. And so, you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. His, my, he, his comment is, my oath of office is to the U.S. Constitution, not to any foreign nation. Congress is trying yet again to ram through a spending bill, one that I doubt anyone has actually read, and there's no, for, no oversight included into how the money is being spent. That's, that's right. Um, and then he also added to that, he says, while I sympathize with the people of Ukraine and comment, uh, and commend their fight against Putin, we cannot continue to spend money we don't have. Passing this bill brings the total we've sent to Ukraine to nearly $54 billion over the course of two months. It's threatening our own national security, and it's frankly a slap in the face to the millions of taxpayers who are struggling to buy gas, groceries, and find baby formula. Exactly. Wow. You know, that's uh It's like that uh episode of Tucker Carlson a couple of days ago when he made a comment about it's like your parents bought Christmas presents for your neighbors, you know, or, or something to that effect and you, you didn't get anything. You know. <laughs> here's a here's a um John McCain. Remember John McCain? Yeah. No name McCain? Um Wow. But that's not a convincing yeah. argument because the left doesn't care uh, about hypocrisy. The if their goal is to attain, so again, is to attain domination of Kentucky, then do you really think that they're living by the same standards that, that we live by? No, they have a standard. <laughs> no, that didn't work out <laughs> at all. It's live radio. I got something going on in the background, and we got to we got to fix that. 
Um, but uh, what John McCain said was he warned us that Rand Paul, when he said the senator from Kentucky is now working for Vladimir Putin, Senator Paul voting today to block for So there's people that hate the fact that Rand Paul is doing this. Well, because, you know, everybody has, this, you know, has conflated these issues. We can be empathetic with Ukraine. We can be supportive to Ukraine. But at the end of the day, we're not going to sit there and wage a war for them. And we have an economy that is in free fall right now. I mean, yeah, we, we got slightly better inflation numbers, but you're yeah. talking, at, uh, you know, it was 8.5% last month and now it's 8.3%. I mean, that's not much better. We, we have to worry about what's going on at home. I think, that's, I think that's the big issue, and that's one of the things that Rand Paul is talking about. And, and you know, and kudos to him for speaking up about this against the, uh, you know, the way everybody else is reacting because there's this sudden, oh, we got to do everything for Ukraine. Soft and the Russians. Yeah, I found, I found the culprit to my uh, dueling audio ah, <laughs> problem. okay, problem solved. Sorry about that, folks. Um, but here we go. All right, right here. I got a whole bunch of tabs open, and there was one tab that was like live talking, uh, you know, but uh, here we go. Saw from the Russians. So I repeat again, the senator from Kentucky is now working for Vladimir Putin. I yield the floor. I, I, what, again, a, what a dumb statement it, from a again, very, very, very dumb politician. Well, again, I mean, between that, John McCain and Lindsey Graham, they've never gotten a, they've not, they, they have never gotten a doggone thing correct when it came to foreign policy. Well, I think, never. I think the issue with all of this is, and this has been, um, you know, something that's been going on for months since this war started, is that people are conflating, as I was saying a moment ago, having empathy for the Ukrainian people where there's been all types of deaths, all types of terrible things that have happened with suddenly being like, okay, Russia bad, Ukraine good. I mean, Ukraine is very corrupt. I mean, we can't just blanketly agree to everything they do. And then we, you know, and and, and because you speak up and you question something, that doesn't mean you're a Putin support uh, sympathizer. I mean, that's the other thing that's getting misinterpreted in all of this. You know, I I think that we really need to have an understanding of what's going on, I th- and I think we are now in a situation as I as we keep saying, where our own economy needs attention, and we need to be focused on supporting our people, not as much uh, so going abroad and helping everybody else. Because uh, you know, so, as my mother used to say, charity begins at home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I posted a meme, uh, uh, this meme over here. It says. Uh, um, Margaret Sanger founded uh, what became Planned Parenthood. She was a racist. Uh, she was into eugenics and genesis, you know, just a lot like Bill Gates is, right. really. Just different style, right? Yeah. Different, different wavelength. They, they uh, want to exterminate black people. That's why they put Planned Parenthood. That's one of the reasons. To say that's why they did it, maybe that's not necessarily the, the case, but it's it's one of the one of the contributing reasons why they did it, um, I believe, because it's it can't be a coincidence after so many. But Margaret Sanger was quoted as saying, "Color colored people are like human weeds and need to be exterminated." So the question is whether she said that. Well, whether she said those exact words or whether that was taken out of con, uh, taken as as a paraphrase from the words that she did use. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, 
Um, you know, if if you're sitting around this globalist, you know, table, and you're talking about moving people around, you could pretty much color that however you want, like a color commentator would color anything. And um, uh, of course, Hillary Clinton said, "I admire Margaret Sanger enormously. Her courage, her tenacity, and her vision." So, what's the difference between the two globalists? You know, is there any question or doubt that uh, Margaret Sanger would would be a uh, a uh, globalist in today's world, and of no. course she would be. Of course but she would be. We we and we can't say that with with all knowing because you know she's been long gone. But I posted that for about thirty minutes, or no less than for the, about ten minutes. I posted that up on Facebook, and I um, it got taken down immediately, right? And then uh, the very next day, which is today, I got hit with a uh, Facebook account restricted. Your posts will be moved lower in news feed for at least 90 days. And I responded and I said, Facebook rigs elections with what amounts to illegal campaign donations worth billions in the aggregate by censoring conservative voices in election years. Congress must put an end to this fraud. You know, it's that kind of thing. Every every election season, they start to ratchet up mm-hmm. their censorship. Yeah. It happens to me every single time. During the J6, I was uh, censored all throughout those months that were really important. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not just, it's not really frustrating because, frankly, on a personal level, I could give two craps about uh, social media. I really don't like social media. I don't do a lot person. I don't do anything personally with social media. But for the show and for the station and for radio, it's ubiquitous. You have to yeah, do a little. You have bit. to do it. You it have it's to a post. marketing tool, and if you're not there, people question. And, and it. I use it. I use it to produce the show. I mean, I post stuff up. I cover that stuff on the show, and it basically is how I make my notes, and how I use the clips, and and how I. Uh, draw references to thoughts. But in any case, I find it really disgusting that Facebook is getting away. Not that, that Facebook is doing it. Because, you know, I know that they're run by a bunch of libtards that don't care uh, about the First Amendment or free speech at all. And I accept that. You know, that's that's who they are and that's what we're fighting against. But what I, what I have a problem with is that Congress will stand there and do nothing. And people like Mitch McConnell, who know that we're losing elections as a result of these campaign, these fraudulent campaign donations, is what that is. So during an election year, I'm now off of Facebook for 90 plus days. It says for, for at least 90 days. So that's three to four months heading into November. Yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous. Well, and and they do that. And the other thing they do is if you want to put up ads or promotions and things, they make you go through these hurdles to get approved. And by the time, uh, you know, you get approved, whatever you were trying to promote is over. I mean, we saw that years ago with, um, you know, how, um, what was her name from the IRS was targeting conservatives. I mean, it's the same, it's uh, the same type of thing as they stymie. Lois, Lear- Lois yeah. Lerner. <laughs> I, I could think of the first name. I 2013 uh, or, yeah, no, no, was, 2012. It was the 2012 elections. Yeah. But yeah, but she, but that's exactly. 
exactly what happens is they do that. And I've seen this over and over again when endeavoring to promote something through Facebook. They they will uh, undermine the process. They'll, they'll, they'll make you go through all this uh, red tape just to get a simple yeah. advertisement. There's up. a good meme here. It says, I weaponized the IRS, CIA, FBI, and DOJ, and I, ISIS. Yeah. Uh, it was the one they said, and ISIS, that I, 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 I took notice of the meme. And that, okay, so there's Obama and there's Trump. And they were saying goodbye to each other right. uh, when Trump became president on Inauguration Day. And so, so basically they were, they were basically saying, uh, Obama was saying, I weaponized the IRS, CIA, FBI, DOJ, and ISIS. And Trump's response was, I weaponized the American people. Well, there you go. And I love that. I, I just absolutely love that. He, he should be saying, are you missing me yet these days? Yeah, because well, I think a lot of people well, are. Well, look at this. There's this new campaign um, uh, banner. Okay. It's a campaign. Like it looks like a campaign cardboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, like where it said Reagan, Bush, you yeah, know, yeah, 84 yeah. or whatever. Um, this says mean tweets. And cheap gas, I would, 24. <laughs> I would take mean tweets and cheap gas any day versus what we have right now. But this would be a great sign. Mean tweets, cheap gas, 24. Right. You don't even have to say the name. It's Trump. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So there's that. And then, uh, oh, by the way, one other thing while I'm flipping through my uh, social media a little bit. Uh, this guy, um, Morrison, I think is his name. But he was um, working with uh, the Bill Clinton, and I guess Jeffrey Epstein was invited to the White House during the Clinton years seventeen times, and seven of the seventeen times, or nine of the seventeen times, um, this guy uh, Mark Middleton um, was was the guy who invited Jeffrey Epstein to the White House. Yeah, and now he's dead. Yeah, and he's fifty nine years old. Fifty nine years old, dead. Dead as a uh, and the, and dead the, as a noodle. And, what was that? What was that phrase? Nah. <laughs> but the, uh, the and the cause of the death has not uh, been confirmed. He ran an air conditioning business in his little in Little Rock, Arkansas, for decades before becoming a special advisor to Clinton and a financial director for his presidential campaign. So I, I don't know oh, what happened. Here's he, a great here's a great meme here. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm just saying. Yeah. What are the odds of all these people? What kind of crazy people were they? You know what kind of what kind of people were they hanging around with that everybody commits suicide that they know? Right. I mean, I know people that committed suicide, but it's not the same ratio. Well, and they didn't say he committed suicide; they just said he's deceased. Yeah, so. that's right. They didn't say he committed suicide, so I don't even know. But uh, we don't know the they, cause of death. They, I think they said Vince Foster committed suicide. Well, well they definitely said that. Um, <laughs> let's see. All right. So this is a good meme. We hated. Obama like you hate Trump, except we hated Obama because he hates America. You hate Trump because you hate America. All right. Well, that's exactly it. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So we got a we got a listener here. It says for Terry from Arkansas, who texts me during the show. Uh, yesterday he had a long one too about the gold standard, um, but uh, was too busy to read it. Um, yeah, of course, he's from Arkansas, right? Right? Right. He says, we call that Arkansas, not healthy to be, uh, be, uh, and he misspelled something, I think, in fab. 
Friend of Bill. Yeah, of course. Oh, friend of Bill, Fob. Not healthy to be a Fob. Friend of Bill. <laughs> Fob. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a 30-day visit to the band camp myself. Okay, all right. Well, welcome to... We're in detention together. You know, it's going to be like the Breakfast Club. Was that the um, Breakfast Club? Was yeah, Saint Elmo's Fire or the Breakfast Club? No, no, club? that was the Breakfast Club. Saint Elmo's so Fire. So Terry was and I are in the Breakfast Club. You're in the Breakfast we're Club. All, we're going to do all kinds of shenanigans. Well, this is where a bunch of misfits who have, no, who have nothing in common end up having to attend detention on a Saturday, and then they bond. And it has a very cool song. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, one of the other things. Um, Don't you forget about me. Lynn Kelly just sent me something Michelle Bachman um, said about the Who. Vote uh, vote threatens U.S. sovereignty. Of course it does. So what she's saying there and what we're going to be talking about here, I already have it queued up, is there's a lot of inform- There's a lot going on where Biden is ceding our, our sovereignty. Yes. Okay? This is a real problem. This is a very real problem. And... Um, and even in France, you want to cover that part of the well, story? Well, you, you were talking about uh, the digital I- the digital identity uh, yeah. that that got approved around April twenty eighth, and again, uh, you know, it was right after he got elected. It was right though, after and then he, he pulls got a fast one, it's sort of like Joe Manchin. As soon as Joe Manchin gets elected, you know, like right now, Joe Manchin was instrumental in stopping the abortion bill from passing through the Senate, just like Rand Paul was in Rand Paul was instrumental in stopping the forty billion dollars from going off to Ukraine, right? Great, great, great. Wonderful. But Rand Paul's been very consistent throughout, but um, you know, um, you just know that Manchin is going to flip the switch again and start impeaching presidents for no good reason, like he did with Trump. And I don't know why West Virginia falls for this every six years, but every time it's a year out from his election, he does these great things where he's, he, he, he's a moderate or a conservative uh, to a certain degree, so he can win the state of West Virginia, but then he goes right back to a radical left-wing um, ideology as soon as he gets another six years. So that's what's going to happen. It yeah. be what happens in France because yes. uh, no. So Macron got you know about I, I want to say it was about fifty eight percent of the vote versus Le Pen and bait and switch. It was a bait, and then what happened? It happens here with with France is he's going to get more pressure from the left because they're because he's not as to the left as the left has become in France. France, which was predominant, uh, which had a strong socialist party for many years, has gone increasingly more progressive, just as the United States' uh, Democrats have. But Macron was more was actually pushed to the center, uh, you know, when he first became president. And now he's being pushed to the left well, again. Just but see, here's the thing that I so have So that's a why with. the digital identity type thing will play well with people on the left, because it plays well with the people that uh, that were okay with, uh, you know, being uh, checked at every checkpoint regarding COVID. But there were so many other people who weren't. Those were the people that were protesting in the streets. They were protesting protesting um, about the restrictions with COVID. They were protesting with issues with the economy. They were protesting a lot of things, but they still re- people still reelected him because they thought he was the better option to You know why uh, I think Le that Pen. was? I think it was because they were, uh, people are so on edge and so, the, the world is so unstable. They're afraid they wanted of to some, go with the, uh, the known the, thing. The, whatever they know. What is the it, devil the, you know is the better. The devil that you know. You know 
is better. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. And that's and that's the mentality yeah. that's going on everywhere. But, uh, you know, I mean, so, so, so getting back to, to your point here is that we're seeing this in election season. Everybody's pivoting. They're trying to they're trying to win everybody. So they're, they're, they're you know going back is, on their words. Leonore, yeah, the thing is, it, what bugs me about the left it's like it's like I was saying about net net neutrality. It yeah. was what they it was what they talked about. Fifteen days to slow the. They give you the brochure, and the, you know the uh, the Patriot Act was supposed to be a good thing, right? right. Then they turned it into a bad thing. The gold getting off the gold standard was supposed to be a good thing. It became a bad thing, and uh, they just milk it for all it's worth, and they exploit it for everything. You know that when they're talking about critical uh, cr- critical race theory or. Uh, this cisgender uh, uh, nonsense in schools and indoctrinating—it's—it's it's about indoctrinating and grooming your children uh, because they're eight years away from being voters themselves, right? A ten-year-old is just two election cycles away from voting, yeah. so they're getting in early. They're—they're they're indoctrinating uh, children to become liberals and. And liberals, you know, like we t- listened yesterday to uh, uh, Vlardingerbrook, um, Eva Vlardingerbrook. Yeah. Uh, yesterday uh, on the show we had her. I got a lot of feedback from that. And, um, you know, she talked about uh, uh, trans, uh, trans, uh, <laughs> trans uh, humanism, right? And how that is designed, to, you know, like Elon Musk, who I've been saying, Elon Musk, uh, the Twitter deal's on hold. Who was one of the first people to say Twitter could be a ruse to, to delay the progress and the investment investors uh, from investing in Truth Social and putting them on ice for a while to hold them off and to protect Twitter? Elon Musk invested in Twitter, and now the stock is actually losing. Uh, it's down in the 40s. And I guarantee you, if they don't pull this off, their stock is going to tank and it's going to be worse for them in the long run. God always has a way of fixing, uh, righting the wrongs. Yes. And Elon Musk thinks he's the smartest man in the world. And you know what? No doubt about it. The guy's a genius. But, you know, there's genius and then there's common sense. There's academic and book smarts and there's street smarts. And... You know, what happens in the real world, it happens in the streets. Yeah. And, and the fact is, is that you can't deny reality. You, virtual reality is never going to best reality. And so this whole thing about the uh, neuro, neuro um, transmission in your brain, these chips that are being planted in your brain, they're going to be controlled by Elon Musk's satellites that he puts up every time he puts up a rocket. You know, like like uh, what we were talking what what Eva Vlardingerbrook was talking about yesterday, in that speech that she gave that was just so riveting, and uh, I'm so glad I played it, and I had been wanting to play that for a long time. We're going to be listening to something else that she had said, and in this interview, uh, right now over in Great Britain, she was talking about Emmanuel Macron, and she was talking about. The digital ID. Let's take a listen to Eva Vlardingerbrook on this. She's she she almost it seems like she's listening to the Scott Adams show because 
we've been ahead of the curve on this. And everybody who listens to this show knows I have a, like a slant toward – I'm an anti-globalist. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's always sort of bent on anti-globalism because I just think it's one of the worst things that could happen to the world is this, this globalism takeover. What's happening with the WHO, for example, is just a, yet another example of how America is ceding our power away from us. We're giving our power away to unelected officials in Brussels. How many times has, have you heard me say this? I mean, I've been talking about this for months and months and months. And the problem with the New World Order I was talking about and how we're going to be seating our... So our congressmen and women are, are basically going to have to answer not to the people that elect them, but they're going to have all these rules and regulations by these world-governing bodies the UN, the IMF, the WEF, the WHO, World World International, whatever, in Brussels and elsewhere, that are going to be actually controlling or limiting what our politicians can do with regard to border security, with regard to uh, climate change, and with regard to all of these other policies um, that, that should be domestic. And we should be taking care of ourselves first. But we're seeing our money go out the window. And it finds its way sneakily into the pockets of these senators who vote for these policies. Because there's going to be a little bit of money to go around for everybody if you just sign off on this bill. And people like Rand Paul are to be applauded for the fact that they're not taking the money. They're rejecting the money. They're saying, I don't need the money. I'm happy with my wife, my kids, and my home. And I'm just going to live my life because I, you can't take it with you. You know, you don't need to get your money that way. And I think that people listening to this show know that I'm not a sellout. That I, I, I could have had a lot of different kinds of guests on this show. And I just don't sell out. I just won't. Because I can't get my money that way. I can't do it. It just... I'll throw up. It just makes me want to puke. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, well, I know what Leonardo, you mean. Leonardo, how often do we see this in this business? Yeah, people are total sellouts. Yeah, I mean, we see it, and we see it all the time. You see it more than I do because yeah. you're a much more in the swamp than I am. Look at, look at how dirty your shoes are. My shoes are not dirty. <laughs> all right, so let's take a listen to Eva Blender. <laughs> That was not. <laughs> My shoes are not dirty. Well, no, you are now crazy. everybody's going to be writing in saying, why are Leonora's shoes dirty? <laughs> no, she's actually a very fine dresser. Thank you. Um, but you do hang out in the swamp a lot more than I do. It's true. Yeah. True. All right. So here we go. Um, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Well, it's one of, you know, Uncle Schwab's favorite tools in gaining control. When she says Uncle Schwab, she's talking about Klaus Schwab. Yes, I understand okay. that. All right, that's the head of the WEF, uh, World yeah. Economic Forum. All over us mere so mortals. Again. Well, it's one of, you know, Uncle Schwab's favorite tools in gaining control over us mere mortals. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this pilot was from before COVID. Uh, they meant to implement it already in mm-hmm. 2018 in the lovely liberal countries of the Netherlands and Canada. Um, obviously, Trudeau is there, Mark Rutte, they're all very deep into the World Economic Forum, as we both know. Um, but they didn't have to, at least not in the Netherlands, because surprise, surprise, what happened? COVID in 2020. 
So they didn't have to start with this pilot because all of a sudden everybody was on board with the idea of a digital identity in the form of a Vax Pass. So that pilot is no longer a pilot, it's just everything that we already have to use now for travel. And probably something that will be part of something way bigger called the digital identity that they're going to use on us, not just for travel, but for example, also for getting access to the internet. Because those two, obviously, travel and freedom of speech on the internet are the two main things that they can do, that they can crack down on to isolate us and for them, therefore, to keep control over what we are allowed to say and where we are allowed to go. Uh, how often have I been saying exactly that? True, right? true. That's exactly what I've been saying. I've been saying that vaccine passports are just a precursor to a social credit score system. Yeah. Which you could call that a digital ID system. Well, and I've said, and, and I've Elon just, Musk's neuro neuro um, technology that uh, can put a pl- chip into your head, uh, read your brain signals and track your movements uh, goes right up into a satellite in down into a database. Yeah. And it's we're not far away from that. Well, that was the original purpose of Facebook. I mean, it was supposed to be an electronic version of, you know, the the freshman handbook you know, that many colleges would have where you could see what everybody looked like, etc. But they very early on when Facebook was created, they were talking about social credit scores. I remember this because I was working at Chase at the time in credit card marketing, and there was a group that focused on marketing credit cards to students, and they were using Facebook as a marketing channel. And I remember hearing all this talk about social credits and other types of things that Facebook represented. And again, when you thought about social credits, then it was social credits within the university sphere that you would it started that way with the students but you you blow that up to social credits more broadly and how people live their lives as uh, full-on adults uh, you know it's it's a dangerous thing it's more you know as I, I hate to overuse the word but it's Orwellian it's the same thing that we keep seeing over and over again over 1984 over again. over and over again uh, Animal Farm you know mm-hmm. it's it's all this or all this Huxley Brave New World it's the same thing dystopian universe same thing over and over again Caller, you're on the air. Caller? Somebody called in. That's like on Frasier. Somebody hung up. Remember on Frasier? Is the caller there? Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay. All right, so let's take a listen to uh, Eva Blardingerbrook. A second time? Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, you thought I made a mistake. Uh, no, I didn't think that. I was yes, just curious. You I did. did. I just thought you just liked you her. You did. You <laughs> did. You said, "Oh, Scott lost it. He forgot he played it already." Nah. Yeah, that's what you're doing. That wasn't I know what it. I was. Thinking. I know you. I know that's what you're that doing. That wasn't what I was doing. This is not a democratic process. It's going to basically create laws to decide how our respective nations are going to respond to the new pandemic. Eva Vlardingerbrook discusses the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty. Now, this is the new thing that we're talking about. This is the thing that everybody's talking about. And uh, I just happen to like this this particular individual because she's only 26 years old, too, by the way. She's smart as... I, I, I can't imagine being half as smart as she is when I was 26. You yeah. Know, that, this is absolutely amazing. But... Um, She's actually only 25. Okay, well, (laughs) ouch. That even hurts even worse now, right? But let's take a listen um, because 
This, again, is something that I've been saying. This is ceding our power from our elected officials. I've been saying this for months. Uh, who knows? Maybe she is listening to the Scott Adams show. Let's see. I think that the first step to world, world, world governance would be something that people would be interested in. But as per usual, the whole thing surrounding this is that this is not a democratic process. This is something that is diametrically opposed to the democratic process. And that's why we're not hearing about it. Um, because what they're doing now, they're working on a treaty of which we will see the first draft on August 1st of this year, which is called the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty, which, as you said, rightfully, um, will be a legally binding treaty for every single, pr practically every single nation on the earth. So once a new pandemic hits, and those are their words, not mine, uh, we will have a united response. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you know that what that means. Once a new pandemic hits, yeah. we haven't had a pandemic in a hundred years. Once a new pandemic hits, yes, it's like, what do you know that I don't know? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I know that Fauci knew that a pandemic was coming down uh, the pipe uh, within a year because he said it on videotape like a like a dummy. You know, these dumb academics, they think they're so smart, but they're so not smart. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you the truth. You know, uh, there were some studies going out, you know, about individuals. And in, once they got indoctrinated by schools like Columbia or George Washington University or some of these radically liberal um, institutions, Harvard, and uh, they come out not thinking like a sane person, you know, and it's, you wonder what this is all about, you know, what good is it to get an Ivy League education? Well, that what because the Ivy League institutions have become so radicalized that, that you know, parents are, are doubting the value of spending money on what used to be a prestigious education, and there's been more of an interest in other schools. Right. So we have to finish this clip. So I interrupted uh, Eva, but uh, here we go. About it. Um, because what they're doing now, they're working on a treaty of which we will see the first draft on August 1st of this year, which is called the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty, which, as you said, rightfully, um, will be a legally binding treaty for every single, pr practically every single nation on the earth. So once a new pandemic hits, and those are their words, not mine, uh, we will have a united response to how to deal with the pandemic, meaning that there will be this organization that is not democratically elected, that we didn't vote for, we don't even know exactly who is in it or who we can hold accountable for the things that they will impose on us, is going to basically create laws that will decide how our respective nations are going to respond to a new crisis, a new pandemic. So this is huge news and it's very dangerous, but as just indeed, we're not hearing anything about it. Now, you know, the thing is, President Trump would tell him to go fly a kite, right? Yeah. Just, <laughs> we're not signing that. We're a sovereign nation. But a loser moron like Joe Biden, a corrupt guy like that, would sign off on it immediately. And you know it. A corrupt guy who has to be led away by an Easter bunny. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's absolutely true, right? I, I, still, I still can't get that image out of my head. So this um, Twitter story uh, is interesting because it says Twitter estimates uh, 
spam fake accounts comprised less than 5% of users filing. So, Leonor, I don't understand why it is that Elon Musk is putting the deal on hold because the numbers are actually better than, you know, I don't get that. I don't, well, because I'm you would think that if it's, if it's, if it's 25% but, or greater. That would be then, huge. Then, then that would actually mean that the value of Twitter was, was inflated by fake accounts. Well, of course it would mean that. Now, now so why is Elon Musk then I, worried or why is he up? I don't know, but you know, I it, think it's a ruse. I think he's 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 a she, wolf in sheep's clothing, is what I said. Well, but you know, saying. but ever since all this conversation has been going on, uh, Twitter shares have fallen to about forty six, which is yeah. he had his purchase price was was fifty four twenty, and there's also the, there's been a, there's been a sell off that's created a nine billion dollar gap where Twitter was valued and how much Musk agreed to pay. Nine billion dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, well, you know who helped uh, make that a loser? Trump. Yeah. Because Elon Musk basically was on that. Uh, we played that like earlier in the week, I guess. And we said um, it was Elon Musk that said uh, that it was morally wrong and it was plain stupid uh, that Twitter would ban permanent, do permanent bans in general. But certainly to ban the president of the United States or President Trump. And, you know, in the wake of January 6th, which the reporter was like harping on, well, January 6th, insurrection, blah, blah, blah. And it's like for them to even say that makes the reporter a biased moron. And, And the reason why is because it was not, I repeat, it was not an insurrection. It was a FBI infiltration, just like the one that they did up in uh, Michigan with the kidnapping, the fake yeah. kidnapping. We got an FBI that's working for the Liberal Party in their in their uh, Oppo research program. Yeah, I mean they're no better or worse than Perkins Coy, Mark Elias, and the whole Lincoln Project. Yeah, I mean everybody that I just mentioned hates Donald Trump because. He put America first. But it's not just about America first policies that makes Trump such an agitator to Washington. It's about empowering the American people. Because once you empower the American people, you you basically uh, take away the ability to rig the elections. Yes. See, because these American people, if they are left to be free thinkers, and free riders, you know, free free birds, right? On Twitter. Yeah. Free bird tweeters, right? Yeah. <laughs> free. Did you catch that? I got that. Uh, all right. This is pretty good. Um, no, but you get these, this freedom and liberty and justice yeah. for all. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff. You put that in the hands and you empower the American people to produce and stay clear out of their way and do what the government's supposed to do, which is to keep our borders safe. I mean, right now, it's an upside-down universe. We're, what we are paying our government to do and what they're doing are two things that are really almost the opposite ends of the spectrum. Absolutely. We should not be giving $40 billion to Ukraine. We should be 
putting $40 billion into protecting our borders. We abs- and speaking of borders, how is it that people crossing the borders can suddenly get baby food and that our oh, own people right. can't? And that we, I mean, people, you know, and the thing, <laughs> about, the, and the thing about the baby food is you're, you're talking about the infant formula where um, other than breast milk, the only other option is infant formula. And not every woman can breastfeed and not every baby can take every form of formula that, you know, there's all types of allergies that happen. And so it becomes very a thing that's happening now is people are starting to sell um, baby formula on the internet, and it's and this the, now that we're hearing that eBay is going to uh, you know watch the price gouging, but there's already been incidents of that happening. Now the, that's the bad side of the story. The good side of the story is people are helping others. Like if they like women are sharing the breast milk, they're they're you know if they had oh, wow. over, if they had pumped extra, they're sharing it with other people. Also, people if they find out about bottles, they they're sending them to people they they don't even know. And while well, that's not they- right. See it on the shelf. They're buying. They're buying, extra and then giving it to others. It to I mean, neighbors. and that's because because if our babies and you, you know you you're, the dates that they're talking about right now is it could be two weeks before that that plant resumes production, but then it'll right. be another eight to ten weeks before the products get out to the market. You're talking mm-hmm. that baby formula could be delayed for twelve weeks or more. Yeah, but at the border, you can get it right away. Wow. So. Again, it's the same thing. Our our students aren't able to go to school or do this or do that during COVID, but suddenly they're coming across the border and uh, they have a full suite of services so Kat available. Kamak, Kat Kamak is a congresswoman from Florida's 3rd District. Yes. Uh, youngest GOP woman in 117th Congress. Um, basically, she, uh, like a rock star, put this out. She put two photos up there on Twitter. And she, she says the first photo is from this morning at the Ursula Processing Center at the U.S. border. Shelves and pallets packed with baby formula. The second is from a shelf right here at home. Formula is scarce. This is what America looks, uh, America last looks like. Yeah. This is what the Democrat Party represents. And then uh, one other thing to talk about money being ill spent. Free Beacon just put out an article that talks about um, how the Biden administration lied again, of course, and Jen Psaki lied uh, about crack pipes being in these um, kits. So Free Beacon says, yes, safe smoking kits, including free crack pipes. We know because we got them, right? Free Beacon investigates five cities, five free free crack pipes, okay? So um, Jen Psaki said, no, it's illegal for the money to be so you know when they say that they know exactly what's going on that they'll give money to it's like money laund it's laundering crack pipes is what it is because they give somebody they give a non-profit or they give somebody money to give them the kit and then they take the money they saved from not having to buy those kits and they instead on their own Buy crack pipes. You see what I mean? Then they put the crack pipe into the kit, and that's how they're laundering crack pipes. Well, let me ask a question. I mean, what is the purpose of the justification of of sponsoring and funding crack pipes? In my mind, this is another way, to use an expression that I used to use, of turning people into a bunch of lotus eaters. But the more you drug them up and keep them them dumb and happy, then then they're not going to protest what's going on. And, you know, know, drug, drug your entire population. 
So I'm going to uh, do rapid channeling here. It says, Joe Biden's economic advisor said there's nothing better than the Chinese Communist Party Party's economic system. Sort of like when Trudeau said, you know, that uh, communism is a, the nice thing about communism is it's efficient. Um, Joe, uh, so that was Joe Biden's economic advisor saying that. Well, you know why it's efficient uh, because they they don't let anybody else have a voice. It's all you know, it's all yeah. a dictatorship. Yeah, um, auditor who dismissed 2020 fraud failed to declare thousands of dollars from Zuckerberg election interference fund. So this is the same people that are you know silencing Scott Adams show. Um, Chinese Communist Party linked companies amongst investors in Elon Musk's Twitter purchase. Some of Musk's institutional sponsors are hardly connected to free speech warriors. In fact, quite the opposite. So Elon Musk is, I think, turning out to be a real fraud. Um, that's what it's looking like. And I, I, I will remain to be hopeful. But uh, I've said reserve the, judgment. I was one of the first ones to raise the question about whether this was a ruse or not. Yeah. And and uh, you could check my social media and see I was way ahead of the curve on that. Supply chain disruptions are not an accident. They're the logical result of stupid lockdowns. They're, you know, and of course, we know that to be the case. Unintended consequences from stupid ideas. Why overturning Roe v. Wade? may help Republicans a lot more than it helps Democrats. Well, 65% of voters think abortion laws should be established by voters and their elected representatives. That's exactly what will happen if Roe is overturned. So uh, that that will bode well in the election to come. Now, I have um, a couple of more things I want to uh, get to. And uh, and this is, uh, this is one that's a, as a longer clip. We may have time. Um, this is uh, Naomi Wolf, the basis for Pfizer to declare the COVID vaccine safe and effective for pregnant women, was a study with 44 rats in France. Every doctor making that call either worked for Pfizer or held stock in companies profiting from the vaccine. So let's take a listen. The things I've reported that the volunteers have found, Wolf. what I'm about to share is probably the most disturbing and the most important. Um, basically, this report written by a, a female physician uh, analyzing the documents shows that pregnant women were excluded from the trials before they concluded it was safe and effective. They concluded it was safe and effective based on mice and the autopsies of mice fetuses. And that horrifically, uh, the Depart Department of Defense data shows that female soldiers' pregnancies are experiencing an absolutely catastrophic rate of abnormalities and fetal problems. So it's so important. I'm just going to read it. It's super fast. Um, she says, to date, there have not been any human clinical trials. Uh, this is really real, what you're hearing. Conducted by a COVID-19 vaccine pharmaceutical company to determine if vaccines are safe during pregnancy or while breastfeeding. All emergency use authorizations exclude pregnant women. And no COVID-19 vaccine has been approved for use during pregnancy. Astonishingly, however, she says, many professional organizations have strongly advocated, despite that pregnant women get this vaccine, despite any lack of safety data. Um, and what she points out is, thanks to the court-ordered release of the confidential Pfizer documents, which the FDA wanted sealed for 75 years, 
we have learned that pregnant women and breastfeeding mothers were excluded from phase one, two, and three of the human trials. One recently released Pfizer document lists 21 groups of people who were excluded from all phases of the Pfizer trials and specifically singles out, quote, women who are pregnant and breastfeeding as not able to participate in any of the trials. And she gives the citation. Despite this, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine, all of these uh, obstetrics and gynecological organizations were strong advocates for vaccinating pregnant and lactating women. Um, and even though none were approved, how, she asks, could they possibly be promoting an experimental untested vaccine for pregnant women? As, as it turns out, their clinical recommendations are based on a faulty study conducted on a few dozen rats in France. Before any research trials can be performed on human pregnant women, a new drug must first be tested on pregnant animals. These are called developmental and reproductive toxicity or DART studies. They state that the DART studies for the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine have been reported in Europe. And according to these animal studies, they don't indicate direct or indirect harmful effects with respect to pregnancy, embryo, fetal development, or postnatal development. However, what was that based on? Given the extreme importance, one would expect this study to be conducted by independent researchers using a robust design. But she reviewed the study and she, she writes, this is a doctor. She writes, it is astounding to discover that it was performed in a mere 44 rats and for a length of only 42 days. Then she gives the citation. To their credit, it turns out that rats are the perfect mammal to do pregnancy studies on because they only need 21 days conception from conception to delivery. So in the study, half of the rat pregnancies were terminated at day 21 by C-section and the fetuses were removed from the mother and studied. The other half were, were allowed to give birth. And then they terminated the study. That's it. And she points out this is long before any developmental issues could have been observed in the offspring and precludes any long-term safety or fertility studies. Um, this 42-day study on 44 pregnant rats led them to conclude that there were, quote, no effects on female fertility. Um, but she points out there were two glaring problems with the study. It does not require the fulfillment, the requirements of the DART study to make sure that, that, that they're okay into the next generation. So there's no way to know if there were adverse effects on rats. And the other huge glaring study is a disclaimer that I sent to your producer, which should shock you. She says there's no way these investigators could be unbiased. Why? They were employed by and held stock in either Pfizer or BioNTech. I'm going to say this again. The doctors who concluded based on 44 French rats that the, the vaccine was safe for pregnant women were employed by Pfizer or owned BioNTech and Pfizer stock. It, they tried to hide this by using only initials instead of full names. In spite of that, pregnant women were encouraged to get vaccinated. So looking at the actual VAERS uh, adverse event reports, what you see is that this had horrific outcomes. This section covering pregnancy and lactation on pages 12 to 13 reveals that only that 20% of the 413 reported cases of adverse events for pregnant women were, quote, serious. These include 25 miscarriages, five fetal deaths, as well as uterine contractions during pregnancy, preterm deliveries, 
premature rupture of membranes and fetal growth restriction, meaning the babies could not develop fully. Also included were serious and less serious adverse side effects of breastfed babies that included infantile vomiting, fever, rash, agitation, and allergy to the vaccine. Six women having adverse events while, who got the vaccine while breastfeeding included partial paralysis, suppressed lactation, breast pain, migraines, and breast milk discoloration. And Pfizer's response to the above alarming data in the secret documents was, there were no safety signals that emerged from the review of these cases of use in pregnancy and while breastfeeding. The last thing I'm gonna say in this shocking, shocking report is that this doctor also looked right there at the Department of Defense data, which has been exposed by three whistleblowers represented by attorney, attorney Tom Rents. And what they're showing, again, I keep raising the question of, is this a national security breach? Is this, is this a national security breach? Because we don't know the level of micrograms that were given to female pregnant soldiers in our military or to any of the soldiers in our military or sailors or Air Force members. And that we've shown makes a difference because when you get up to 100 micrograms, people get very, very sick. So in this database, uh, they observed disturbing evidence of dramatic increases in serious medical conditions among military personnel in 2021. Um, and among these are congenital malformations of fetuses. The rise in congenital malformations increased dramatically from a baseline rate of 10,906 cases per You get the idea, right? Uh, you know, that's brought to you by the population control advocates, otherwise known as globalists. Well, and this all goes back to the same point about Margaret Sanger that you that you made earlier Eugenics. in the show. It's all, it's all about, about the master the race. It's creating so the master race. When Bill Gates said, you know, we want to curb the re, uh, population and get it, we expect it's going to go up to nine and a half billion. We would like to see it drop that drop by about fifteen percent. You know, the six and a half billion. Um, and and the way you have to do that is you have to get something down to zero, the carbon yeah. footprint or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so he was talking about, you know, the carbon footprint, uh, which we go to climate change. Uh, he was also talking about three things. He was talking about reproductive services, which is abortion. We know right. that the gates are big on abortions, right? Yeah. Then he was talking about. Socialized medicine. We yep. know that that means death panels. Yep. And then he was talking about new vaccines. Yeah. And everybody knows the clip that we, we, we've played it lots of times. And uh, these are the people that are in charge of this entire pandemic. How in the world did we allow that to happen? Um, and why is Fauci still the boss? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But uh, we're at the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org and make a donation over there if you can to support America First policies to make America great again. My pillow's running a special on slippers right now. That's um, even greater savings. Go over to MyPillow.com. Use Red State. Red State as your promo code and also my patriot supply mps.scottadamshow.com my name's scott adams my name's leon arcavetta we'll see you next time on the radio bye bye just to bury my kids right up to there